From the wheat fields of the thumb to the cherry trees on the third coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. On the Michigan Agriculture and Food Podcast, we're interested in hearing from all those involved in Michigan's vibrant and diverse food system, including those immersed in the topics of food scarcity and insecurity. Our Michigan-grown Michigan Grain Ambassador, Carly Clautry, recently spoke with staff members at Forgotten Harvest about the important work they do to get food into the hands of Michiganders who need it the most. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Carly Clority, and I am an ambassador with the Michigan Grown Michigan Great Campaign. And I'm here today hosting the podcast with a few members from Forgotten Harvest, which is an organization that's dedicated to relieving hunger and preventing nutritious food waste. So I have Chris Ivey, Lori Sotera, and Mike Yancho with me, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what Forgotten Harvest is. So take it away. Sure. Christopher Ivey here at Forgotten Harvest. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications. Uh, I'm Lori Sotera, and I am the Volunteer Coordinator at the Farm in Fenton. I'm Mike Yancho, and I manage the Farm in Fenton. And Forgotten Harvest is Metro Detroit's largest food rescue organization. For the last, I'd say, for the last 10 years, Forgotten Harvest has rescued and distributed on average of about 40 million pounds to Metro Detroiters in need. Um, the organization was founded in 1990 by a, a woman named Nancy Fishman. The, the idea for the organization started actually when Nancy herself, as an individual, was in need of support. She, she fell upon hard times, as many people do, and she needed a little help. She needed a hand up, and she vowed that when she got back on her feet, she was going to give back to the community that helped her. So when she got back on her feet, she, she got in her Jeep Cherokee, as the story goes, and she went out and she rescued some food from a, uh, uh, a wedding venue. And she took that food and drove it down to a, a facility that was able to pass that food out. She did that for about a year, just on the weekends. And I believe there was a, a story written about her and she got an anonymous gift of $100,000. With that $100,000, she was able to buy a truck or a van, I'm sorry. And with that van, the organization 33 years later is turned into, like I said, Metro Detroit's largest food rescue organization. We've got a fleet of 38 trucks now, semi-trucks and box trucks. We're about 113 employees and we rescue, you know, 40 on average of about 40 million pounds of food a year now. And that goes to, we've got 260 something mobile, or I'm sorry, pantry partners throughout Metro Detroit. You know, we had 1.8 million individual distributions last year. That's a duplicated number. So sometimes there's people that would come to us more than once a year. There's over 650,000 Metro Detroiters that are in need, and we try to make sure that everyone in need gets our food free of charge every year. So it's kind of a, from the idea of one individual, it's created this large 
multifaceted, multi-tiered organization has spawned from that one idea. And the farm is just another aspect of what we do. We have this farm in Fenton that these two amazing individuals on a day-to-day um, basis are, you know, the boots on the ground, literally with their hands in the dirt, making that operation run. That is so amazing. So you kind of have two separate parts of this. On the one hand, you're rescuing food from what kinds of places? How are you sourcing that food? And then you also have the farm where you're growing your own. So let's start with that first part of where do you rescue these food products from? And what is the fate of that food if it's not rescued? Sure. We, I mean, so the food we get to, uh, the, the food we rescue comes to us from all sorts of places. It's anywhere in the food distribution network, like a mass producer, like a General Mills or a Kroger or a Costco or a Meyer or a Kellogg's, the wholesale distributor in Battle Creek would come directly to us. Or it's other smaller farms or producers in typically in the Michigan Midwest area, we would rescue the overproduction would come to us or small farms locally. And then we've got rescue stuff that's in the Metro Detroit area. We've got, like, as I mentioned, our 38 trucks, they're going throughout the 2000 square mile area of the Metro Detroit area. And they're collecting day to day from the grocery stores, the Costco's, the Myers, Aldi, Bushes, Trader Joe's, and they're picking up the surplus stuff, the things that are getting short um, shelf life. And they're bringing that stuff here. The farm, they grow average between 600 to 750,000 pounds of fresh produce that we use every year to sort of give us a baseline of fresh Michigan grown produce that we know that we can count on to help us sort of level set where we know we're going to have that on hand to help us build our baseline and and know where we're going to be at, at, at least as a minimum of that fresh produce. And on top of that, we have, as Lori can attest to, we have great volunteer opportunities where the community can come out and get their hands in the dirt and see where the food is coming. That was going to be my question. You said it's about 92 acres, the farm in Fenton, and you grow around 13 different crops. How do you manage that? How do you decide what to grow? Kind of how, what's that process like? Well, that is the perfect segue into the answer here. That's actually the, why they're in the building today. They were doing our crop planning for this next upcoming year. That's great. Awesome. Uh, we just sat down with several firms from several different departments, including food sourcing and the client services. And, and, and we sort of go over what went well in the past growing season and uh, what we should decrease or increase or um, add as an additional crop for the next growing season. So what do people like? What do people need? And it seems like... So, a lot of times our demographics are changing, so we like to uh, revisit our crop mix and add things and take things away as that happens. So that's how we decide what we're going to grow on the farm. Now, at the farm, we, we have a staff of a total of five people, and then we use about, what were we, about 2,500? We had 2,357. Yeah, so an average of about 2,300 to 2,500 volunteers from the community to help us come get the job done and they do everything from helping us get the fields ready in the spring planting weeding harvesting and even taking care of some of the equipment and things like that so it takes a the whole community to 
this all happen. That's really awesome and a great way for people to be able to give back and participate in, you know, the food system. Even if they don't have a farm at home, they can volunteer with you guys, get their hands dirty and contribute to helping feed their community. So that's really awesome. What are some other ways that people can contribute to the mission of Forgotten Harvest or work to eliminate food waste in their communities? Well, as we, as you know, as, as Mike had just mentioned, we've got opportunities at the farm. We reopen in May for opportunities at the farm and we can have large groups of out there of up to a hundred people. Oh, I'm sorry. 200. I was corrected. We can have large groups of up to 200 people out at the farm. We've got our main warehouse at our campus here in, in Oak Park. We can take groups of up to 75 people two times a day. We have an AM opportunity and a PM opportunity six days a week here. And we've got, and then obviously if we, uh, for donations, if we, people can donate. And then this time of year, and actually in December, we've got a match donation. So if you want to give the gift of hope this holiday season, we can double your donations and double your impact. So if someone wants to give $10 right now, the value of that is $20. So you can double your impact in December, which is awesome. And then just overall, just get involved. If someone wants to go to ForgottenHarvest.org, O-R-G, and just go on our website and they can volunteer, donate, and basically just get involved and be an advocate for your community. Help someone in need. You know, what we do here at Forgotten Harvest, that 40 million pounds doesn't move itself. It really does take a community to feed a community. And it, it, that's, it, it, there's no other, there, it, it's, there's no more simpler message than that. Just help us by getting involved, do something to give a neighbor a hand up when no one's asking for a handout. It's a hand up is what this community needs right now. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you want to share about how you do what you do and and why maybe a little bit about your background and how you ended up in each of your roles oh <laughs> sure i mean i've been doing some version of so if this is chris i've been doing some sort of marketing for uh i born and raised in metro detroit literally grew up about a mile from this building right here in oak park born and raised in metro detroit i have lived here my entire life um been doing one version of marketing or another and know how it is, how important it is to be part of a community and to help support a community. And when I say it from the bottom of my heart, that it is important to help those neighbors in need, it really truly is. And it doesn't take a lot to do a lot. You just have to do a little bit. If everybody can do just a little tiny bit each day, it's amazing what we can all do together. Can I just add, I'll add on to that last statement that Chris had. I have a, a saying on my wall in the, at the farm that says, if a lot do a little, then a little don't have to do a lot. So that fits perfectly with that. But this is Lori, and I, I actually started at Forgotten Harvest as a volunteer. I had a girlfriend that called me and said, hey, there's a farm in Fenton. Let's go volunteer. And I said, okay. So we were actually part of the, the group that planted our first crop in our greenhouse was brand new. And we planted cherry tomatoes in there. So then by the time I came to work there, I was harvesting those cherry tomatoes. So that was pretty cool. But that was seven years ago. And I literally started as a, a volunteer and 
kind of stood there and thought that on my first day with volunteers, I stood in the cabbage field and said, this is a pretty cool office. <laughs> so the rest they say is history. I tease Mike all the time that, you know, I originally told them I would help on my days off. I was a surgical assistant. I worked in an outpatient surgery center. And I told them that I would help on my days off until they found somebody permanently. And I joke with him that it's been seven years and he still hasn't found anybody permanently. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> I became a, a firm believer in the mission of Forgotten Harvest. And growing up where I did in Genesee County, I didn't really know that there was a, a hunger issue in Michigan until I volunteered with Forgotten Harvest. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. This is like, um, so I like to tell everybody that I, I got my first paycheck when I was six years old, started working on the, on the family farm and worked there, you know, continuously, you know, until I came to Forgotten Harvest 11 years ago, uh, did a few other things uh, during the week sometimes and worked on the farm on the weekends. But when Forgotten Harvest needed a farmer, it just sort of jumped at the opportunity. So I've been basically farming my whole life, but uh, this is, this is, this is where I seem to be able to use all the tools in my, in my toolbox. So it's, it's a great place to, to come to work every day. Yeah. I know that when I first came to Forgotten Harvest, I went out to the farm and my first time I ever met Mike, I look across the field and you know, I'm a city kid. I look across, I didn't know what 95 acres looks like. And there's this guy riding a tractor across and I go, well, that's what the salt of the earth looks like. I get it. <laughs> and then he comes and he looks down at me and goes, Hey, I'm like, Hey, I'm the marketing guy. He goes, so you need pictures, huh? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he jumps off the tractor and I go, I get it now. He's a farmer. Now I know what they look like. Do you find that many of your volunteers come back? Oh, you know, keep coming back to the farm for sure. Oh yeah. We've got, I mean, I, I can only, the ones that I've seen seem like they're regulars and they come back because like Lori said, I mean, people come back to Forgotten Harvest because they do get attached to the mission. And I mean, even our staff, I mean, we have staff outings that, I mean, we come back to the farm because we love it. I mean, we all enjoy going out to the farm when we say, oh, we're going to have a staff event at the farm. Everyone jumps at the opportunity. I mean, we just, there is something about connecting back to where the food comes from and getting your feet and your fingers in the dirt. It just means more. It just means more. I call the, the volunteer opportunities at the farm, I call it a unique volunteer experience mm -hmm. because it, it is, you know, we're, we're far away from our service area. So it's, you would think it would be a little more difficult to get people to drive out that far, but it really isn't. You know, we had almost 2,500 this season and people love the experience. We have one of our farm assistants, Tom, says to me all the time, he says, I don't know how you do it. He said, you, you get people out here. You make them work hard, they're sweaty, they're dirty, and they're sore, and then they thank you at the end. <laughs> and and then they come back. And that's that's the important thing is that they come back. You know, we we need them to come back. We want them to come back. And I would say, gosh, you know what? This has sparked a, an, an intro, a good question. I'm going to do a report. I'm going to run a report on how many um, return volunteers I've had this season and see what that number is. Because I would say most of them come out more than once. Yes. I would say that. Well, and I don't know the number exactly, but I do know that as organization-wide Forgotten Harvest, I think we are over 25,000 volunteers last year. And that equals 
I don't want to be quoted, but it's over 60,000 hours of volunteer service, which, you know, as I said, without our volunteer, our volunteer network, this organization just cannot do what we do. I mean, there's only a hundred and between 10 and 115, uh, in full-time employer employees, that's not even full-time employees. And to be able to move logistically the 40 million pounds of food we move and to do what we do every year, it just cannot happen without the community. And those volunteers are the community that help us do that. So it's, as I said earlier, it just can't happen just the staff alone. Yeah. And I love how you said that, Lori, how these people are like working hard and sweaty and they thank you at the end of the day. And I, when you said that, it just made me think of like, that's what agriculture is. It's hard work. And it's awesome that you all are giving people the experience of like being involved in our food system and you know what's doing really it exciting is that somebody comes out and they help us plant a crop. Okay. And then a few months later, they come out and they harvest that crop, crop that they helped plant. And that to me is, you know, and, and I tell them, I always offer, you know, when people come and plant, I said, now you got to come, come back and harvest what you've sown. Right. And so people take me up on that and they're like, I'm so glad that I did because it kind of brings it full circle for them. You know, and I always tell people at the end of the, our day, if we're harvesting, what the weight is of what we harvested that day. And it's so for them to have that information. When I tell them that they just picked, you know, 32,000 pounds of cabbage and that that's equal to, you know, one pound equals a meal. So not every day that they get to say that they help supply food for 32,000 meals. Mm -hmm. And I said, and we get to say that just about every day. And it, it's, it never gets old. It mm -hmm. never. It's humbling too. It is very. Yeah. I remember the last time I was out at the farm, we were picking lettuce in a hoop house, it was 93 degrees and about 105% humidity. And it was brutal. Um, ironically enough, there was a reporter from a local newspaper there and that I, that I'd actually met, uh, virtually met before I never met in person. And she walked up to me and goes, is it like this every day? And I said, for them, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And she, uh, and we, uh, emailed back and forth after that. And she was like, I just want to say thanks. And what a great organization and, and, you know, thank your team and everything like that. And I said, are you heading back out there? She goes, yeah, in the fall. <laughs> Good decision. <laughs> I agree with her. That's the other part of it, um, is the educational aspect, um, letting people know what it takes to produce the food that they eat. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't realize it, you know, how much work it takes to get that food from the field and to their plate. So mm -hmm. we get a, comments all the time about, oh my gosh, I didn't know how much work this was. And, th and, we, and we get groups of, of um, high schoolers out there that learn a lot about how their food is grown as well. So it's, we're, we have the opportunity to teach people about what agriculture is really like. Well, the beauty of that too is, is when they see what it takes, it'll actually have them be a little bit less wasteful and more respectful of the end product as well. And like you said, then to remember where that's going, it's going to families in need and it's healthy, nutritious, right out at the fields. I think what you do is super important and for all of those reasons. Yeah. Are there any other 
lasting comments you want to leave with our audience of, you know, Michigan consumers, any any last tidbits of information for them? No, I think that's it. I mean, we talked about just getting involved with Forgotten Harvest. I mean, like I said, the organization has been here for 33 years. You know, it's the mission is an important one. Food insecurity in our community is is prevalent. It's it has been here a very long time. It does not show any signs of letting up. You know, the 650,000 Metro Detroiters that suffer food insecurity, it's not by anything that they did wrong. And it's, it, it, it is not something that should be suffered shamefully. And they are not looking for a hand out. They are looking for a hand up and a little bit of help. And especially this time of year and into the colder winter months, as we all love Michigan, we love our outdoor state, but part of that is the cold weather that comes with it. So, you know, help a neighbor in need. Well, thank you all for your time today. And uh, thank you for all of the work that you do to serve the people of Michigan. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Feeding all Michiganders is something that farmers in our state take great pride in. Many farmers work to supply food directly to food banks. In 2022, Michigan Egg Farms donated more than 3 million eggs to families in need. Join us again soon to hear about the people, businesses, and products that are Michigan AF. The Michigan AF podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org.